And I think that you have to see an accumulation of one thing happening before you're ready to confront it. Like if that if that instance that you just had where someone said that you're insecure, if that happened to you a lot, like even recently, even when you don't feel like you're that way anymore, it would it would accumulate within you and you would want to yeah. confront it. On this week of Overdue, we had Malaz Singh. Malaz is a junior pre-law student at UIUC who grew up with some crazy experiences. She started in Hollywood as an actress in the Avengers movie and then went on to later start a nonprofit with her family to help those in need across seven states. During our talk with Malaz, we also got to spend some time to express the importance of the people that surround us and how they have impacted our lives. We had a great time with her, so we hope you enjoy. Welcome to Overdue, where we cover the stories of certified project starters and ambitious entrepreneurs, from college students to accomplished professionals. I saw my friend doing it. He was walking around. I'm like, oh, like, are you doing that sales job? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like give, give me your pitch. Give me your pitch. I want to hear it. And then he gave me his pitch. He's like, oh, I, I could get you in with this if you want. I'm like, eh, I don't know. I was a little on the fence about it. But then he was like, he convinced me to, oh, I'm, get, I'm getting a little deja vu right now. Yeah. But then, but then he convinced me to like sign up for it. And I'm like, okay, like sure. Then I went to it. But I, I learned so much. I ended up quitting Mariano's for it. Oh, okay. So That's I was making a little bit more, but it was definitely harder work. Yeah. Well, it's hard in weird ways. Do you think you could do that? I think, yeah, I could. I think it would be fun. I mean, I enjoy a job where you just get to, like, like talk to different people every day. But also when persuasion comes in, it's like, how can I persuade you, you know? And, like, that's when you psychology see, you, comes into it. you see it, it as a game? Yes. Little, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, you definitely do. And it's fun. Like, I mean, I feel like that's also life. Like, yeah. that's how you talk to people based off what you think they'll vibe with you on. Uh, yeah, I, well... The people view conversations in different ways, though. Mm -hmm. Some people, like sales guys, see it as very transactional. Transactional. So everything sounds very shallow. Not nah, this is a generalization, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But it could come off like really shallow. And then there's other people that think about things very strategically, right. with how they word things, and then also like the tonality in which they say. And those are the people that just talk. So, so are you like self-aware in conversation in general, or are you just kind of just speaking? What What are you? Like, what am I? Yeah. I think I'm pretty self-aware of what I'm... Yeah, I think so, too. Most of the time, I think I'm pretty self-aware. And I, th I think you are, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. My, uh... Yeah. Yeah. I'm, like, not the one to, like, get into a conversation that's, like, about to go south. Just because, like, I don't like that. And that's, yeah. like, something I need to work on. Because, like, I would want to get into those conversations, but I just don't. And I think, like, that's where my self-awareness comes in. Where it's, like, when I sense that happening, I just, like, I'm like, yeah. And I just, like, don't So do you like, think, you, you think you're not confrontational? Is that what you're saying? I know I'm not confrontational. I, yeah, I guess that's Are what you? I'm saying. I am absolutely confrontational. Yeah, and Isar and I were actually talking about this today. Because I think it's, you become confrontational when you've learned enough lessons that make you confrontational. It's something that happens next, I think. For everybody, though? I think, yeah, and I think that everyone gets there at a different point. Like, sometimes it's even, like, late in a marriage and someone's finally able to bring that part out of them and then that's how they are after that. Because mm -hmm. once, you, once you can find that within yourself and then you see, like, you put in the input and then you see a positive output, you're mm -hmm. just going to keep doing it. Yeah. Well, 
Well, let me, okay, let me actually, like, break this down. So, okay, I guess, yeah. Because, like, Justin Fields, for example, I was, like, super passionate about, right? Right. And as a result, I'm more confrontational because of that. But there's other things. Okay. I think we should get Caleb Williams. Okay, okay, that's, 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 that's a whole there, different thing. But I think that, that more, nuance, uh, more nuance does come into it, though, where, for example... Okay, here's a small like small micro example. Like we were having a conversation the other day, like with somebody, and like I put I put a lot of work in because I used to be some like you super super like insecure, like kid like super awkward kid, right? Mm. So I put in a lot of work to really like get out of my shell and yeah. like stack up proof that I'm not right. And like the other day we had okay, I didn't care that much, but like this is just gonna like prove the point that I'm trying to make. Like the other day we had a conversation with somebody though that like said I'm insecure, right? And I, and I think I just said, like, you're right. And I care about that a lot, that I'm not, right? But in that scenario, I'm not going to be confrontational about it just because, like, I don't, in the, like, like that conversation isn't going to matter. Right. You know what I mean, like, I'm not going to benefit anything out of that conversation. Right. So I think that if there's action, potential negative action after, when it's about something you're passionate about, mm -hmm. that's when I think you can get more confrontational. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that you have to see an accumulation of one thing happening before you're ready to confront it. Like, if that if that instance that you just had where mm -hmm. someone said that you're insecure, if that happened to you a lot, like, even recently, even when you don't feel like you're that way anymore, mm -hmm. it would it would accumulate within you, and you would want to yeah. confront it. Or there's the alternative of, like, you could just leave those rooms. Right. You know? Right. That's always an interesting, like, thing that I always think about where it's, like, because a lot of times, I don't know, like, someone will be saying something, and then I just won't say anything back, like, mm -hmm. in baseball, or, like, someone will, like, talk shit to you, and, I'm, and I just, like, wouldn't say anything back just because I just didn't see, like, the point of it. Yeah. But there's also the argument of, like, I mean, now when I play basketball, I talk, like, so much, like, just because it's, like, more fun. Like, when I was young, I just never got into any of that. Mm -hmm. But there's, hmm. I never knew if there was, what was the right thing to do. Right. Yeah. Because right is relative there, to I don't, what you want. There, there's not a right way. Yeah, right is what you think is right. right. Like, if you think confronting someone is, like, the way you want to go about it, that's just right. If you think I mean, I feel like you have to know yourself pretty well before you can decide what's right and what's wrong. Like, my best friend is confrontational and because of that she hasn't gone through as much of the things that I've gone through because I let people walk all over me and I stopped doing that because I asked myself what would she do and I realized after a lot of introspection and a lot of time a lot of years that I'd rather live my life the way she does and then I adopted her mentality and I'm like much happier now because of it so, so you just have to get to know yourself I think yeah well when do you think you changed high school no Senior year into college, I think senior year for everybody. Okay. Yeah, I think senior year for everybody was pretty transformative. But was that your COVID year? Yeah, it was. So I was just yeah. home all year with my group of eight friends, mm -hmm. not really branching out because it's kind of hard to do that mm -hmm. during COVID. Um, you know, and then you come to college, and I, I still had that extra version inside of me, so I was mm -hmm. so ready to get here and mm -hmm. hit the ground running. And then, you know, you learn lessons the hard way again, and you remember what people are like and mm -hmm. how to take care of yourself, how to protect yourself, and, like, what sides of you to show and what sides of you to not show. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I think freshman year I learned a lot of lessons that stuck with me. 
Yeah. So who were you your junior high school? My junior of high school, I was probably the most confident I've ever been in my entire life. And I don't know where what that What type went. of confident, yeah. though? Because I feel like there's different types of confidence. Yeah. yeah. I think the type of confident I was was that I didn't have much self-awareness in conversations. I was just able to talk and be myself and trust it. And okay. I can't do that anymore. And I think that that's a good thing. Because looking back, I might have been saying things that don't really make any sense or don't really represent me in a, in a good way. Um, and I think that, you know, as you get older and you start getting jobs and stuff, you want to have a more professional demeanor just in life. And you want to be a good representation of, like, the work that you do. Mm. So I think, you know, going to school and buckling down on, like, what you're studying is going to make you just more professional as in general. But, um, you know, you got to still have that goofy side in you, too. So it's yeah. just about. Yeah. yeah. No, Shout I, out Rudra, man. Yeah. He's <laughs> a perfect example. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say too much, but last night, like, that was my goofy side. Before that, I got a 92 on an exam at a 53 average. Like, I That's mean, awesome. So, that I love, I love that. No, yeah. he walked in, uh, like, he walked into, like, our party. <laughs> okay, whatever, we could cut. No, 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 you can we say, could, say, we say could, it, say we it. We could cut, I think, okay. I, I, um, you want to hear it. It's okay. Like, he walked into the apartment, and he was just ecstatic. I'm like, I'm like, dude, like, have we been drinking already? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, I thought he, he like, looked like he was drunk. He's like, nah, I just got a 92 on my TAM exam, bro. That's awesome. Dude, and everyone's like you. walking out of CBTF. Yeah, I got a 63. I got a 71. And I'm like, oh, my God. How did you how did you do that? Like, did you just like study a ton? Okay, this is not really cocky. I studied for two hours before. Okay. And I think that's the day of. Yeah. And I okay. think that's why. I think everyone else was studying so much that they were psyching themselves out. And I think that's how I go into, like, this is more than just an exam. This is, like, everything. But I just, like, don't psych myself out by, like, preparing so much before that I get scared. And then, like, I just, like, prepare before. Mm-hmm. And that works for me. It doesn't work for most people, but it works for me. So you must be able to absorb information pretty well, though, like in lecture. Well, you you didn't you got through a... PNG IQ tests, so you've got to be able to like absorb shit pretty quick. Yeah, I think. Right. Okay. If if we're gonna be honest, your IQ is probably really high, right? Like you know, you. I feel like you do. Do you know your IQ? I don't. Well, he in general, like you do absorb things like really quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I I do. I know that. It's just like. I've grown up around a family where like everyone is very smart. I'm probably like the dumbest dude in the family. Really? Like, okay, I have four older cousins. Um, they're all Ivy League kids. Like all of them. They have but you would have been. Yeah, could have like, been. I wasn't. So then, like that, you can relate to this. That like, like in, a, in an Indian family, you know, that just like mm. everyone looks at. Oh, my kid's going to Stanford. My kid's going to Harvard. Right. And my kid's going to the University of Illinois, which is like. Yeah. No one ever, like, said anything bad to me beca- but because they knew, like, the type of person I was. Mm. But where, where, what were we talking about? No, keep going. Uh, no, now keep I'm just, like, going. rambling. No, no, yeah, but, no, keep going. I mean, that was just, like, my IQ has always been, like, very high because of that. But mm-hmm. it just, like, I came, I always grew up feeling like I was, like, less smart than everyone else. So yeah. I mean, you we just it. have to blame relativity with that because you are not dumb at yeah. all. Yeah, and I think, well, that's, oh, this is where I was going with that. I think that's where, like, I'll never tell anyone I'm smart because I grew up around everyone telling me how smart they were and bragging about what school they went to. And low-key, that's why I like that I go to U of I. I'll ne- like, I'll say I go to U of I, people are like, oh, cool. And, like, I'll never tell them I'm an engineer because then they know, like, the acceptance rate is low, like, you must be smart. <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. the last thing I ever tell them. 
Yeah. Like, I'll tell them, oh, yeah, I go to U of I, I'm taking this class, that class, and I never tell them I major. Mm-hmm. Unless if it's, like, obviously a professional situation, but just because I grew up around, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I go to, like, Penn, and I'm, I'm in Wharton, and I go to, like, <laughs> like, my cousins went to Penn, Brown, Duke, and Stanford. Like, wow. I grew, I've, like, grown up around that. And that's crazy. they like brag brag about that so much, like that's become their whole personality, and like that's why I'll never brag about it because it used to make me feel like absolute shit, mm-hmm. and I would never want to do that to someone else. You should so know like, that you're right up with them, considering that Granger is basically Ivy. Yeah, I mean, I, I I know I'm up with them, but I'll never tell anyone. Like after I got, it's I good. did really well on it. I never tell, I didn't tell anyone what I got, like because there was. Yeah. A, like, if you know anything about CBTF, there's always, like, 20 kids about to take the exam waiting for, like, someone to come out and give them all the answers. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell them what I got. I was like, yeah, I did pretty well. Because, mm-hmm. like, I don't want them to feel discouraged when everyone else is getting a 60 and I'm getting yeah. a 90. But that's just yeah. that's just me rambling. No, I, mean, I know, I think, I know. But Well, you, you had an interesting childhood, right? I did have an interesting childhood. So what, what does the timeline look like? So I was three years old running around the house like saying all the commercials that I just saw on TV and my parents for some reason thought that I had a lot of talent I don't know why or how so they put me into this um, acting and modeling competition it's called IMTA Um, it's actually where Ashton Kutcher was founded IMTA Um, and so we did like a state competition and I won and then it sent me to New York on a full scholarship and then I won Actress of the Year and Model of the Year out of... How old were you? Like, I was four. <laughs> and I... Yeah. Damn, okay. Can and it know. was from the age group of four to 80. And I won Actress of the Year and Model of the Year. And a few other ones as well. I think I just had a like co- like an innate confidence that made me... I don't know. I don't know. It made me be able to deliver lines really well and strut down a runway with no worries um and then so after that my parents decided to move me to Hollywood when I was in first grade so I did first grade in Hollywood and um you know I was living in Burbank it was really lit it was honestly the the most fun time of my entire life but while I was there again how old are you like just at this point I was six who'd you go with it was my mom my brother who was three oh so the whole family went yeah no no, my dad stayed in the house okay okay yeah with my grandma okay so we would go back like periodically but we were there for a year um my mom is the most amazing person for this but um she just really believed in me and just wanted to see how far I could go so I end up you know doing doing some work while I'm there and then when I come back is when I auditioned for the Avengers. And then um, I had to fly to LA for that actually. So I flew to LA, auditioned, and came back. And then I got it, I actually auditioned in English and they didn't tell me that it was, I had to speak in Hindi until I got there. So I was delivering the lines and then they were like, oh, you have five minutes to go off set and learn the lines in Hindi, which I don't Damn. speak. You were so still six. I was eight at this okay, time. Eight, yeah. So I had been like acting since I was three or four, and I kind of stopped around like middle school, eighth grade. I'm still part of these um, like talent agencies, but I don't want to act or model anymore. Does so. do you think the fact that you did it so much when you were younger kind of left like a sour taste in your mouth? It definitely didn't leave a sour taste because I only had good experiences. Honestly, it was it was such a good time, and I learned a lot. And you know, at such a young age, being able to like 
take authority from old people, but also in a room full of people where the pressure is on for you to deliver the line correctly, you know? I think it taught me a lot about how to be professional really early on and how to be able to like take criticism and not be offended by it. So I think that it helped me be who I am today, but I think that now that I'm here, I have different goals that I think now acting would pull me away from. I think you would like lose credibility a little bit. You think that's because you like found your passion now? Like yeah. you, you obviously want to be a lawyer. That's yeah. I'm assuming your passion. Is right. that just cause like that that's why, right? Yeah, I mean I think I I never I never thought I would be smart enough to be a lawyer. And I grew up, you know, acting and modeling and I'm Indian, so everyone around me was in Kumon only and not worrying what about does that mean? you know Kumon? like oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what that uh, is. Oh, Kumon's like a... I was in Kumon. Kumon. Yeah. <laughs> Kumon's basically like Indian parents and like Asian parents put their kids through hell by like sending them on Saturday to go do more school. That's oh, basically okay, what it okay, is. Okay, and it was just supposed to get you ahead and yeah, all yeah, of that. Yeah, okay. mm. yeah. And so like what I'm saying is that, you know, I, I was the only kid growing up with this kind of background. And so I didn't really know where I fit in like what group of people I fit in with. And then so because of that, I kind of let myself believe that I couldn't achieve more academically. So I kind of took a step back. I kind of, you know, like treated every day like it was fun and enjoying life and not really worrying about dedicating myself to a passion. And then, you know, um, high school comes around. I'm, I'm joining these friend groups that are predominantly Indian, which was great, amazing people. But... You know, I realized, okay, like, why are you not as smart as the people around you? Why are you not able to score well on tests, et cetera? So junior year, actually, once I flipped the script in my brain and told myself, like, you know what? You should be a lawyer. I feel like that's what you want to do, so just go and do it. And my GPA went up, like, an entire number in one semester. So it was low hey. before. Yeah, and, you know, Damn, I just... that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I just kind of buckled down and was like, wait, like, stop worrying about fun and, and friends and social life. And, you know, it, it made me grow up vain without realizing it. And I think that it didn't seep into my identity because I wouldn't say that I'm a vain person, but I think I grew up with vain worries. And, you know, that's Instagram when it comes to this age, but before that it's headshots and going to auditions every week and you know, m your parents making sure that you look the part and that you look always put together, you know, your whole life. So it made me, you know, like that still. And I think that I try to balance that now and I try to not come off that way. Yeah. People tell me that I come off that way, which sucks, but you know, I'm trying to figure out who I am, so. Well. It's in it's interesting though, cause like when it comes to adjectives and like how you describe people, I could be in a situation where, let's think of something, like I don't know. Let's say I'm in a situation and I could bring up like one of my achievements, right? And maybe I really, really, really want to say it, mm -hmm. but if I don't say it and I repeat that action over a long enough time horizon, then I'm not never gonna come off as cocky. As strong as those words are in my head, yeah. Which is interesting, cause it's like. Your, what you think is not necessarily reflected in, like, who you are. Right. You know? Um, That's true. But, okay. So, like, whatever. Like, grew up, like, people perceiving you as, like, to, what, to be whatever. So, do you feel like now that you, do you think now that you've taken, like, a strong initiative to, like, prove you're not and maybe give back in a lot of different ways? Like, based off how people see me now? 
just in general, in general. like in the, like you grew up in like a lot of this very like you oriented like careers just mm -hmm. because like that's what the like the modeling and acting industry like all ultimately is mm -hmm. do you feel like now you're in a position where you've taken a lot of action like give back to others whether that be in like the forms of nonprofits or other organizations yeah i mean i in my religion it's sikhism and a strong pillar of sikhism is service and so growing up that was just a big component of my life with my family etc and you know i was the kind of person always um you know begging my parents to give as much money as they could to the people on the streets in chicago etc because we grew up in chicago so we're near it a lot and you know because of that i always had those gears turning in my brain of what can i do when i'm older to give back and and not just walk past these people and continue my privileged amazing beautiful life that i'm so grateful for so high school comes around and my family and I start this nonprofit called Blanket Life. And we basically put kits together of, you know, blankets, toiletries, pillows, gift cards, food, and just pass them out directly to them. But a big component of that is actually handing this to them and having a genuine conversation with them like they're a human too. And I think that's the most important part because you'll see people completely ignore homeless people on the street, which is fair because of the warnings that you get growing up of, you know, what to look out for, how to be safe, stranger danger, but they're people too. And, you know, I think something exciting about getting involved with service is the idea that we're all the same. We all come from the same, um, We all come, we all, you know, we all come, we enter this world the same ways, we leave this world in the same ways. So it's important to be able to take care of each other. I feel like this world has a lot more important issues of, you know, how we treat each other versus like, you know, global warming, natural disasters, you know what I'm saying? Reasons, which is how can I help people that can't help themselves? So it's exciting to see how ideas can take form and actually make a difference. And so, you know, even on campus, all the leadership positions that I ended up in are very service oriented. And I really enjoy being able to see, like being able to inspire the people around us and being able to see that, you know, we're, we are so privileged to be here and it's such a beautiful campus. We're getting an amazing education and we have so many resources here. So we might as well share it with especially the people right next door in Champaign, Illinois. So, yeah. I know uh, you you mentioned in there that, like, when you were younger, you, like, walked by um, mm. whatever's and, like, some people would ignore them. But now, like, it'll motivate you for, like, this Blanket for Life uh, organization to actually have those conversations with the people as you're giving to them. Yeah. Has there ever been, like, a conversation that you specifically remember, like, with one of those people that really, like, stuck with you? One man I was speaking to had a crazy professional experience and had achieved so much and it had to do with the government as well and he was part of patents and he was part of really amazing things and he said that you know one day he went bankrupt he lost his wife and after that there was no way for him to get back on track and so he still had that positive attitude you could tell he had a, a, a lot of success but you know he walked around now with a shopping cart full of random items and you know trying to take care of himself and i think it really speaks to the idea that any of us could end up that way and any of us could just be ignored by everyone that walks past us when we know who we are and we know we can add value to a person or to a job or to like this world so you know meeting people like that it it, it helps you realize that 
they are people too and they're just trying to get back on their feet the same way we do in smaller scales. So I don't know, it, it puts things into perspective. I wish more people would take the time to hear what they have to say, hear how they got there because I think it's so easy to be like, oh, just go get a job or oh, how did you end up there in the first place? Oh, you're spending money in the wrong things. But yeah. Everyone has a different story, and everybody uses those wrong things with money for their own selfish needs, but then blame those who are on the streets cold and have no home for buying the same things, which I don't find to be fair. Yeah. So. Do, you, do you, what would you, like, tell someone who, what would you tell, like, all right, so we, we, we live in Champaign. We're all, like, on Green Street, and there's a couple homeless people there, mm-hmm. right? What would you say to, like, someone who's walking by? Um, or what would you tell someone to go say? Like, I'm walking by tomorrow. What would you tell me to go, like, say I mean, I think a simple, hi, how are you? Have a good day. Stay warm. You know, any yeah. kind of any kind of acknowledgement. I feel like they're just lacking acknowledgement from all of us. And, you yeah. know, they'll actually say those things. They'll say, have a nice I've, I've, day. I've seen some clips uh, I've like McDonald's. Yeah. Yesterday, yesterday I was walking on Green Street, and, like, the people outside of cracked there's like two two men who sit out there mm-hmm. they just were like dapping up some guy and like talking <laughs> to him and having a great conversation yeah. with him and like i mean it's easy to forget yeah. people are humans yeah. it is especially and, and when you see them in like low like dark place like dark parts of their life which is like mm-hmm. sadly that's where these yeah. people are mm-hmm. um yeah because yeah. i mean yeah it, it's yeah yeah like you never know it like where they're at, because if you really like sit down to hear some of their stories, they might like be going through something that like you couldn't even like imagine, and like mm-hmm. that's something that's also like really important to you, right? Is like mm-hmm. mental health, and absolutely. So like, has have you ever done anything to, like start something, like to like raise awareness with that? And I know you, yeah. I know you guys were mentioning like expectations culturally, like in families like that earlier. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I'm on campus and part of an organization called Manmukti that raises awareness for the negative stigmas around mental health in the South Asian community specifically. Um, You know, it's so easy for people to brush off the idea of mental health and why it's important, but it's one of the more prevalent issues in the world because any adversity, any hardship will elicit mental health getting worse or getting better. And, you know, it's important to think about mental health in the sense that it's present in places that uh, can prevent violence and can prevent, you know, domestic abuse, can prevent gun violence in America. And a lot of the cases of all the three things that I just said stem from mental health, especially undiagnosed mental health. And I think it's just important to have those conversations where we can open up the floor to people raising concerns about themselves, you know, because especially men, it's really hard to be able to you know, tell someone that you're not doing okay and that you don't get why you're not doing okay, you know? And guys will always say, you know, I can't tell my friends that because they're going to think that I'm sensitive or this or that. And it's it's a lot of pressure growing up with that and growing up, especially in the South Asian community and being a man, it's really hard to to be able to admit to being wrong or admit to not being okay. And so... I mean, opening up these conversations, making it easier to talk about is just kind of my goal on this campus. And, you know, I have struggled minimally in high school with mental health and I bounced back very quickly and I bounced back because of I put a lot of effort into bouncing back. And once I was able to do that, I realized I might as well come here and figure out how to communicate that to people that don't know how to do that. So on campus, it's really amazing because there's a lot of 
you know, international students that are away from home or people that are just struggling to meet friends and, you know, watching them see a community form in front of their eyes and actually, you know, seeing their place in it is such a beautiful thing. And I actually love powering a lot of my energy into this club because of, like I said before, when you put an input into something, but you see the output right away and it's just people being happier. And I feel like that should be everyone's goal is I want the people around me to be happier than than they are yesterday, than they were yesterday. So I don't know, I really enjoy getting to know people's stories and then figuring out different ways to communicate to them how to get better and how to find help. And especially, you know, people that uh, are extremely confident in themselves, but don't show those weaknesses or you know the extrovert that makes everyone laugh but goes home and doesn't really feel too good about themselves you know every type of person struggles with some sort of mental health and that could even stem in the form of like a small insecurity you know like everybody has that and then that can either snowball or be enough to affect your mental health you know so it's just important to have these conversations because mental health is just as important as physical and emotional health. And we only really talk about physical health, you know, the doctors and the flexibility stretches when we're in elementary school. You know, I feel like that's not what's more important to talk about. I feel like opening up the harder conversations at an earlier age will help students and young kids like understand themselves easier because obviously you can be born with mental health disorders. So would you say the, uh, the bot like when it would come to like mental health advice would you say the bottom line like bottom line thing would just be to talk to people or is there, I think so is there other other things that you would advise as well I think that the biggest problem with not talking to people is that thoughts will only snowball and only manifest into you know negative energy and when you manifest on negative energy you're meditating on it and that will just become the truth and that will become what happens for you you know it's energy's on every plane right so you know it can't be destroyed or created so if you can, can and be converted, yeah. yeah it yeah. can only be converted and obviously this is a pseudoscience that i'm about to explain but so i'm aware of that i'm aware that not many people what's yeah. that so it's like physics yeah but it kind of is and it's just the idea if you're going to speak about it on a let's say less tangible state yeah if you meditate on, if you manifest on positive energy, you will attract it. And then the energy that's bound to be yours will be yours anyways. So if you attract positive energy. It, where where yeah. have you seen that come into play in like your own life? I come from a pretty spiritual household where these teachings are pretty enforced. And because of that, I've seen throughout my life when I want something and I work towards it, I've, I've gotten it. And it comes through hard work. I'm not saying that things come come easily to me because, like I mentioned before, I, I struggled a lot to try to work to believing that I deserve these professional, you know, outputs or anything like that. But, you know, if you really do work hard for something you're gonna get it and if you're not if you don't have it yet you're just not done working so I think that with that in my life I've learned that you know if you keep a positive attitude and you only think positively that's what your life will become and that's how I got myself out of a rough place too so yeah I, well, I, when, I, I like so you were talking about like talking to people um I think it matters a lot about the people you talk yeah. to also. Mm -hmm. that I was agree. like the one thing that i've noticed a lot like yeah 
I mean, I'll say something to some of my friends. They're like, dude, like, shut up, bro. And then, like, I'll say it to other people. And they'll, like, start asking more questions and actually, like, get a conversation out for me. And then you were also saying, like, the whole energy thing. And I think that goes back to, like, you know how we always say, like, I mean, we say it a lot. Like, your five closest friends. Yeah. And yeah. that's exactly what it is. I mm-hmm. mean, your five closest friends define you. If your five closest friends have that good energy, that, like, gets put onto you. And then you start accomplishing great things as well. And if they it's, don't, you will slowly start seeing mm-hmm. that, like, you're falling academically, socially, all together. Yeah. And, I mean, that's just the way I think of it. And yeah. I've had some bad friend groups, and I've had some good friend groups, and now I, it's now, so, I, now I have a good friend group, and I've noticed, like, I've just been on the rise throughout college. And yeah. dude, It's so nice to have, like, supportive friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a, I mean, I, I feel like I've actually been blessed with that, like, my whole life. Like, all of my friends that I was very close with in grammar school, I am still very close with. Mm-hmm. And it's it's great to see that. What's couple. grammar school? What? What's grammar school? <laughs> yeah, I was putting it on black. <laughs> Anyways, um, no, but all the kids I was in grammar school with, like, I'm still very close with, like, to this day. Mm-hmm. And it's great to see, like, that. I don't know. I just feel like I was so blessed with, like, yeah. just naturally being surrounded by, like, such good people. Like, my best friend to this day lived in a house behind me. And, like, we were talking about this briefly. But, like, I'm that's just, like, one thing I'm so blessed to have. Like, one of my other close, like, probably my other, like, best friend, he is just a family friend, and we still, like, call all the time, like, to this day. Yeah. And I've known all these people for so long. And I was always told, like, when you get to high school, you're not going to be friends with them anymore. And I'm like, okay, like, let's, let's just see what happens. Like, who knows? Like, I don't have the perspective to say whether or not they're going to be right. Come right. to high school, I'm still going to, like, all of their parties, like, all of high school. I'm like, like yeah, I, I don't think this is going to happen. And then it's like, once you get to college, like, it's going to change. And then, right. like, even, even, like, your, your best friend is, like, who listens to every single episode. Yeah. How long have you known him? Since second grade. Yeah. So... And that's the only friend I've kept. I've only kept one friend from, like, that that yeah. young. I've had a lot of friends come and go. And it's, like, a similar story. He's my neighbor. Like, we – my mom even says, like, you and Tim will always be friends. Like, he works out – he's the reason I, like, started working out. He's, he's like, the reason I do a lot of things. Yeah. Um, hopefully, he transfers here next year. I'm trying to get him to yeah. come here. Um, that would be amazing. But, uh, yeah, he's just, like – it's the same story. He just, like, gives off such good energy. He's always just, like – hyping me up like it i'll like do something like <laughs> i'll like just do something stupid and he'll be like nah nah dude that's cool like it's, yeah. it's good and it's he just gives off the best energy he comes here every now and then so i well, love yeah. when he think comes. those relationships continue to last that long after like distance is established i felt that a lot over the summer i feel like i really understood who my closest friends were because the people that put an effort to call me or the well, there's a lot of people I like. I specifically made efforts to call, as well as like we hung out a lot over the summer. Yeah. And those people that I still made time for, and the people that still made time for me, over the summer when we're not like naturally that close to each other anymore, that like those that really stuck out to me of like who I was yeah. that I th- close with. I think that's that's what it is. It's those relationships only last if both people are seeing a benefit from being friends with the other person. Yeah. And. That's the reason I call Tim. That's the reason Tim calls me. That's the reason we text. Same with you and Jack. And I'm sure the same with, like, your closest friends from when you were a kid. And that's just, that's why. I mean, you're benefiting them, and they're benefiting you. And I don't mean it. It's not supposed to sound transactional, but that's just how it is. Yeah. Um, and it's not, like, a transactional be- benefit. It's more like 
you're just a better person because they're in your life and they feel the same way and that's why those relationships will like probably never never really end was that like rough for you at all what like because your friends were probably new like all the time right like growing up yeah like was it i think high school and the experiences i had with friends were were i i could say damaging but i'm not gonna say that if anything they were transformative and i think it taught me now that and isar and i were talking about this today but it's the idea that if i'm already whole or however my idea of whole is if i'm gonna have a friendship it has to be an addition and it can't subtract my energy from even one encounter because you know there's a lot of there's a lot of judgment and negativity and competitiveness that can easily bleed into a friendship. And you know, when when you're intuitive about these things, when you've had a lot of these bad encounters, you'll be able to pick on pick up on it really easily. So on campus, I find myself now kind of kind of isolating back into myself and realizing that I don't have to find these benefits from like in any sort of outward outlet anymore. And I think that I always contributed or attributed my life to how I was viewed and how my social life reflected back on me. And I think now I've realized that um, family and self is much more important than social life. So now, you know, I spent this summer with both sides of my family and I am so grateful to be a part of this group of people. And because of that, I realize that I don't need to care about social life at all anymore and that social life from now on just sh- should only be I want to have fun and I want to have fun with the people who have fun with me too and that's it and you know people that will support you people that will benefit you people that want to hear how your day went or ask you how class was or how work was rather than talking about other people or discussing negatives about life or about things about things that can't be changed you know I think that if you're going to talk about something that's negative it should be something that can change and there should be an action step at the end of that conversation Um, you know and I I appreciate those relationships the most where conversation is valued and like understanding how the other person is doing is important to your day too because I think that's the kind of friend I try to be I sorry yeah did you see like I, yeah. I, I had a thought that hit yeah I uh when we were at Kane's the other night with like Phil and uh um it was with Phil and Monisa mm-hmm. and I had a conversation with Phil and I brought like something up that I'm about to bring up and then I also had a conversation with Yuko yesterday that also made me like think of this exact same thing I brought it up again yeah but I've seen a lot I've seen seen a theme of a lot of my conversations lately we end up talking about somebody's past or not like necessarily like I don't know tra- trauma dumping like that's mm-hmm. what like you said yesterday and I'm like like nah like that's not like what this is and then I basically when I was a senior in high school we have you ever heard of Kairos have I I think I might have told it to you like once or twice but basically it's this retreat Kairos. oh yeah you told me you told me yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but continue story. I know I know where this is going but yeah continue it's basically this retreat uh, that like. 30, 40 kids, like, from the grade go to. Like, I went to an all-boys school, so, like, everyone was really close. Mm-hmm. Um, just because there's not as much – it's just not as much drama just because not, like, girls bring drama, but girls around guys yeah. brings – and just, you know, whatever brings drama. 
um but everybody was like really close with each other and like that was and like that was great like everybody is like super supportive like oh the basketball team's playing tonight like everyone's gonna be there but we ended up going on this retreat it was like 30 40 of us we all get on the bus like we got to like middle of nowhere whatever and it's supposed to be like religious but it's honestly not that religious it's more of getting everybody to be closer with each other so first night whatever just kind of talk about whatever like that you have to ease into everything right second night you get back and there's 15 letters from the closest people in your life writing you they're all like a page like deep pretty much like how much you mean to them and that that stuff like hits like Mm -hmm. that that Okay, yeah, no, that, that like, really hit. And I uh, I remember, like, getting back, like, reading all of them, and that was, like, a core memory for me in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Do you still have those letters? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I read them, like, a week ago. But awesome. that, hearing that, like, is very powerful, right? And then over time, you, everyone ends up pretty much opening up about, like, oh, this happened to me when I was a freshman, or, like, when I was really young, like, this happened. And you hear things that you would never even imagine, like, one of the kids like had some like got raped as a child or another kid like thought about killing himself when he was like a freshman sophomore and junior and then this other kid his dad died and then his grandpa died who was pretty much new father figure in the house and as you hear all of these things and you're like whoa you're like mm. that's why they're like that like you're like oh freshman year math class they were this quiet it's like that's why yeah. and then all of a sudden all the puzzle pieces like slowly get put together and there's a quote I like, which is pretty much, you can't hate and understand at the same time. Mm-hmm. And there's just no hatred. It's all love because you understand everybody at that point. And when you really hear about somebody's past, you hear about why they are the way they are. And it makes sense. You're like, like I get it. Yeah. Like, it makes sense. You know, like, I'm not going like, yeah, to. That, that, that makes sense to me. So you, you can't, then it, like motions don't come into it as much. Yeah. So I've, that was a long-winded thing that coming back to. Something along the lines of something you said sparked that of like understanding somebody goes like such a long way. Yeah. Like why they are the way they are. Yeah. Yeah, I think this all stems from like surrounding yourself by the right people. Yeah. But which is the most important thing, I think. Uh, I want to say something, but I don't. Like, what? this is like uh, me going back to my whole thing where I say, I think college is a scam. Like, <laughs> I, I say that all the time. I think this is the biggest scam ever. Yeah. How so? How so? Because I'm here, and I think the biggest thing I'm gaining is all is like you guys. Like, that's the yeah. biggest gain I'm getting from it. Not getting it. How did you meet us? By coming here, but I'm saying like the education part of it, I think is a scam. I could get that anywhere else. I think that's yeah. that's a valid take. And I know that's I like the most like. But the system is so built to <laughs> what it is now yeah, it is. that. Like if I told my mom I want to drop out, she'd actually like. Right. Me, like, no, I think college probably sc- started as a scam, but now we do need it for the goals that we have because of how you get there now. I actually think it's. I think. I, I think it's more of a scam. I'm not saying it's a yeah. scam, but I'm saying more, it's more of a scam now mm-hmm. just because of the inflation of like how expensive right. it is. Yeah. But Wait, well, now we're talking like finances. I'm not like. I was like saying like. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying I still think it's more of a scam just because you can make money literally doing anything now. Mm-hmm. And like the sole purpose most people come to college is to make money because mm-hmm. they want it. They think a college degree, which is true. A college degree is, is that really degree. the reason, though. Yeah, I think it is. I'm not here because I love mechanical engineering so much. I'm here because I'm going to make a lot of money after. And I know. And do you love finance that much that you're here and you're here to pay $40,000 a year for finance? I'm here because I wasn't allowed to do anything else. Okay, fine, but that's, that's like the same thing, right? 
Yes. Kinda. Well, I think it, a lot of it comes down to like societal standards. Yeah, I mean, we we all come from pretty like. But well, there is something special. That, like, there are institutions that can provide a community of forty thousand people, and <laughs> you can't go somewhere else for that. Yeah, I guess. Okay, maybe maybe I under no I like I'm, academically I mean, I'm not yes. Change my opinion. No, yeah, no, I I, yeah. I I agree. Like academically, I, you could almost learn more on your own. Well, yeah. you could learn the most from somebody that's done it before. So if you can have access to those people outside of a school, then that's better. No, but I, schools are great for that because you get access to people that are on that same trajectory as you, as yeah. well as people that are like three rungs above you on the ladder. Nah, mm-hmm. yeah. The reason I have that take is because I've grown up around, like, you go to college for the education. And now that I'm in college, I think the education is the thing I value the least here. Um, I think, I feel like it's pretty understood, though, now. Like, in society, it, like, that college isn't just for education. I feel like if you... In a typical Indian household, it's not. Yeah. It's not. Uh, yeah, I can't like speak. Yeah, because <laughs> so. I think other cultures would would encourage college in the sense of it's gonna be the best four years of your life and it's so transformative and that's you're gonna exactly meet so many people. That's what's in my ear. Right, which Everybody's is like true. just like party, party, party because you're gonna have to work the rest of your life. Tonight. Right, and yeah. I think in our households, it's you're not gonna make anyone around you proud or yourself if you don't go to college and then get the job. You'll be frowned upon by your family if you don't go to college. That's why I was so crazy. Like, remember when we were talking to Avi? Yeah. Avi, we, we mentioned oh, him a little yeah. bit earlier. Um, but, yeah, he dropped out. And mm-hmm. that was... Wow. He's also Indian. Yeah, that's... Context, the, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, that was... But I'm sure he made his parents proud but before no. that. So, I, I asked him that. I was like, I'm Indian, you're Indian. How did that, how did that conversation go? Mm-hmm. And he straight up said, like, it went it went absolutely terrible. His par- It took so long, even after he showed him this business... For his parents to finally like be like, okay, yeah, it was worth it for you to drop out. Mm-hmm. I don't even think they even said that to him yet. He, I think yeah, they were, they just they, were, they weren't mad. Oh, he got kicked out of the house. Like he got oh. kicked out of the house, right? And then he he was like, I got let back into the house. Mm-hmm. And I think Gosh. still now they're just like okay with it. They they don't and necessarily support obviously like yet. valuations are just valuations, but like his startups value at a very good amount of money. Yeah, but still. Yeah, and. I mean, it's that just really goes to show how much things are, like, solidified into our culture. And it's, like, there are no exceptions. I feel like in our culture, there's, like, no room for exceptions, honestly. And I think there are, like, some people in our culture also who, no offense, like, I love my parents. And I think they, mm-hmm. they've, they've, like, instilled very, like, good values in me. But there are people in our culture whose parents... It's value those same things like college is for the education and this and that and that that value goes into the kid as well and then mm-hmm. there are there'll obviously be less of those like in the next generation of people but it's still gonna be there and yeah no, it's I mean, like, it won't be there for me because like I mean I I like don't think college is it's like that it'll worth be it, interesting but. to see how everything unfolds but what is crazy about college though is us three probably have such different upbringings yeah yeah but we're all here yeah. So that's, I mean, and that, that's like, what beautiful. Just that's our friend group, too, if we think about that. Like, all the guys in our friend group, like, just everyone in general. Like, you yeah. don't, I don't have to, like, generalize it into that, but. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, the four of them are from the, from the Bay. A third's from Seattle, Tanvez from Houston. Yeah. Houston? No, Katie, Katie. <laughs> yeah. Drake shouted out that city once. Yeah. So, but, like, bro, we have, like, international, fr- not international, na- nationwide friend group. Yeah. So. 
nationwide network. Like college might be a scam, but it probably is going to be the best four years of our life or at least the most transformative years of our life. And I think that we're in like a very developmental and influential stage where like the people we meet right now and the habits we develop and the passions that we like see through are going to stick with us forever at this point. No, I, I totally agree with that. It's just like. Yeah, I, I, under- no, I understand yeah. what you're saying. I had a yeah. conversation with Austin. Um, yeah, I know you always think of me, but like. Because <laughs> like, he's like the, you're like the type of person to talk about yourself in the third person. Like, <laughs> you're like, yeah, this I, I get that. I get yeah. that. I know what you mean by that. Um, Andy but, Chipotle on Green Street. Huh? While yeah. riding his bike. While riding his bike. Amen. <laughs> Listening to Eladio Carrion. Um, <laughs> but I was having a conversation with Austin. You have I've, I've talked to you about him. Great guy. If you're listening to this, you're you're an amazing dude, Austin. We were talking about the different stages. Well, okay. There's so many more variables. It's not as simplistic as this, but there's different like almost maturity takes on college to a degree. Right? Mm-hmm. Where there's people at the beginning where they just go just because it's like they like brain numb and just they're like, yep, everyone's doing it. I'm doing it right. And then the next one, at least when me and him were talking, was like. The people that don't go to college because they don't think it's worth it financially, which makes a lot of sense because for a lot, I know there's more variables to it as well, but mm-hmm. that does seem to make a lot of sense if you don't really know what college is. But then after that, and this comes into play because Austin, like he doesn't need it. Um, he's got a company that's do- doing pr- pretty well. I'm proud, yeah. proud of you, man. Um, but he doesn't need it really. But the reason why he's here is because of the people and like, the resources that it can provide and once you really understand that i think that like that's the last like and i'm not necessarily like this is more not this isn't really in relation to what you were saying yeah. this is more of just a general take mm-hmm. and i found yeah i was like talking with sam about that today, but i found that really interesting too because i think that's how the same mentality is how we got you to rush pct well wait hold up okay let me say one last thing about that then we'll talk but we don't gotta talk about it. <laughs> what? Uh, I feel like we might. We might as well. We, we don't yeah. really need to. Yeah, but, we uh, don't. What was I? Because I actually didn't even want to go to college at one point. Mm-hmm. I asked my parents. I was like, "Can I just go to community college for like two years? I'll get my real estate license, and then like I'll be good. I'll be chilling. And then after that, if I really want to, if I really want to transfer into like a four-year university, I've saved you guys a ton of money, mm-hmm. and that way I'm also making money instead of like getting it, whatever." Mm-hmm. Um, but then now, like, oh my God, I like, I'm so happy that they, they forced me to come yeah. here. Yeah, four years of like the people we meet. We're not even stu- like we're not even halfway through. It, right. I'd still so. be at community right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which is ridiculous. Yeah. I damn. Yeah. How 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 is that the same mindset that got me to rush PCT? I mean. Can you provide a little bit of context? Yes. There are so many ways where we can get... Well, okay. We PCT is a... Like, I meant like... Oh, okay. Oh, like, <laughs> like, when I say, like, rush PCT... Right. PCT is a like, PCT frat. is a business yeah. frat. That we are all a part of. No. Well, I'm not in yet. You're in, bro. You're in. I, well, I need to, like, get you all will. my points. Fine. All right, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, though. This can be a coffee chat. Yeah. Kill two at once. Yeah. Yeah. Um, two active ones, too. Yeah. Nah, but anyways, like when we say rush, it's basically like you just go through like the interview process, but continue. Right. I mean, I think like you were saying, there's so many 
resources and, you know, development in professionalism that we can get elsewhere. And, you know, that's what your argument was to not rush at first was that I can find what I'm looking for, not in one group, but elsewhere and anywhere. And I think uh, that was just kind of how one of our arguments was that, you know, it's just one community of people where that's offered and there's a lot of support and love there. So, yeah. You are, I think the reason why you were able to convince me is because you reframed the argument of joining a business frat to showing up to a five-minute interview the next day. Mm-hmm. And then once I got into the five-minute interview, then I just got, like, too deep into the pipeline. I was like, yeah. like at this point, like, whatever. <laughs> but it's, like, one small win at a time. I, I think that <laughs> I think it will be worth it just because it definitely does stack leverage. Like, let less input more output in a lot of ways yeah because of the more people yeah. you know definitely i mean and all those people you just like yeah yeah they, yeah that's what you said but it's it is relative though i think if i had a business or some something that was like popping off then mm-hmm. i would just be like tunnel visioned on that so who knows but i think because i still haven't fully found what i want to do it probably will make sense for me i mean i think being around a lot of people that are so versatile and diverse will what? Nothing. I'm just happy. Did they, was that music to your ears? Yeah, you because that? I mean, literally me two weeks ago, you were so like, yeah, I'm not doing it, and now you're like, it will be beneficial to me. So I'm happy. Yeah. That. Well, we. I mean, I want. I, I wanted you in. I. St- I want you in. Like, yeah. We will see. Yeah. We will see. I mean, I still stand by the point. Like, I don't think you need one, but I think that it can. I don't think you need one. Yeah, yeah but I think that it it can be a valuable tool, to, like stack leverage in a lot of ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What were you saying? Sorry, he made me laugh because he like hit him with a fist bump. Yeah, no, I I hit you with those fist bumps too because I was really happy that you decided to end up even accepting the bid, because I feel like, you know, I I rushed. I'm pre-law. I don't belong in the business frat. I really don't, and I've seen so much benefit in my life from being part of it. And I think like maybe I just needed a sense of community. Maybe it could have been any type of community, but I don't know. When you find people that see you and support you. I just have a hard time not like putting all my love and attention there. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you'll develop that love for PCT. We will see. No pressure though, because yeah. you'll if you don't find it Honestly, there, you'll find I it elsewhere. I think that'll develop love for people. Yeah. I think it'll. In general, group identity can be a scary thing. Yeah. As yeah, as you probably. That's yeah. why I just like. Yeah, just in anything like putting the group over a person like it's interesting to me with how i have some conversations now mm-hmm. because if i talk to someone in like in a setting that's like business frat oriented then if the first thing that they say is a business frat they're in i'm already projecting things out of them yeah like before like and i hate it yeah you know that's why just any and i loved like before that i didn't even think about that at all but it's just kind of like, like a subconscious like projection of like Oh, the group, and then like you automatically like attribute the group stereotypes onto them. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like the stereotypes we have of people at other schools. Like, yeah, people have U of I stereotypes. We have Purdue stereotypes. Wisconsin, Illinois. I mean, Indiana. Like, it's it's like the same thing. Like, when you hear someone went to like, yeah, like Chicago Bears fans, Packers fans, literally any group. Yeah, any group. It's the same thing. Which is why it's like so scary because if your identity is fully related to groups and everything that you're in like when i watch football i watch for people now i don't watch for teams you know what i mean 
Yeah. Or I watch a little bit. I like I watch for the Bears, but like at the same time, I'm in shambles at this point. I'm not even. Like, <laughs> the Bears are so bad. Yeah. I, they're gonna win tomorrow. Trust. So wait, what is this? It's 8:47 on Saturday, the night before. They're winning. I'll, I'll say by like two. Wait. 17 point. 17 point win. All right, we'll see. Yeah, they're playing. It's the two worst teams in the league playing each other. Well, how? What evidence do you have to make this claim? That the, the two worst teams? The yeah. Broncos literally let 81 points. All right, we don't need to talk about this. They didn't let the up Broncos 80. They let up 70. <laughs> okay, 70 points. The, okay. Bear, the Bears, like, suck. Why? Yeah, okay, you can't. That is just a blanket okay, we have a statement that O-line. has no we have evidence. a terrible O-line. How? Justin Read Fields, me a statistic. Justin Fields has less than, like, a second and a half to move around in the pocket. Is that Where is that from? From my eyes watching the game. Okay, but yeah, I need some evidence for this. That's that. How do you like this lawyer lawyer impersonation? Is this good? <laughs> is that a lawyer impersonation? It's not <laughs> no, too no, bad. No. Well, we we can talk about this later. But. Yeah. Bro, I, uh, I, stack my I sat in. We'll take a recess. Yeah, we'll see. I sat in for a conversation <laughs> on Sam and uh, this other guy, like Ron. Um, do you know who either of them are? Like, yeah, I heard about this thing from Luke and Casper. Yeah, I know. What Sa- you're it was like about. Sam Shapiro and uh, Ron. Oh, I don't know Ron's last name. But don't try this sourcing bullshit with me. What's up? Don't try this sourcing bullshit with me. What do you mean? It wasn't that the conversation that you and Casper. Oh, it well, was like it was source like, your information the whole time. Yeah, it was like I was like, do you have a source for that? Like, and they're just yeah. like going back and forth like this. It's like, but they're all, they're they're so smart. Like they're yeah. both like very very intelligent, yeah. very IQ people that have like worked very hard. So as were well. they able to source their claims? Slightly, but there's just some things where it's like, like. Yes, you don't need to have a source on hand right. for, right. Um, and it wasn't like completely like that. But I just remember sitting there and just listening to him talk for like, like two hours. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't say a word. Me and Casper, you know Casper Apollo. No. Okay, we were just literally looking at each other and like laughing every like every now and then because I'd say something and I mean they're just so bright. It's yeah. Just, you know Ron works for uh, Intel's AI research team. Yeah, you told me that. Which wow. is like. It's really cool. Yeah. These are the people at the jam sessions. Just saying. Okay. So, Come talk- in. I was talking to Sam about coming to the next one. But he now he goes to bed at 9 o'clock. In the That's jam. good. Yeah. He knows what's well, the, good for the him. The jam sessions are at 9. So okay. I need to see him make an appearance, though. But, yeah. Damn, bro. Someone's phone's getting blown up. Uh, it's probably. Yeah, I don't know. No, you got a phone. I, I, yeah, probably yeah. is. Whatever. But, yeah, I mean, I think at this point, this would be a good time to wrap it up. Yeah. Oh, damn, 8.50? Yeah. Okay. We got 10 minutes to clean up. What's up? Yeah, so we're actually not going to get kicked out. First time. like, bro, like, come on. Like, we had the recording sign on and everything. So, like, right. Hey, but, hey, now nah, they are actually great that they let us use this beautiful facility that mm-hmm. we always leave better than we entered. And, I mean, great conversation. Um, yeah, I mean, at this point, for all of you guys listening, I hope you had a great day, and I hope you have a great rest of your day, and thank you for your time. Thank you.